as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Impala Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy and also Big Shiny Robot. And we've got two movies for you this week. We've got the uh, much-anticipated Stephen King adaptations of uh, The Dark Tower. And then we've got the racially charged drama of Detroit by Kathleen Bigelow, who we know from Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker. Uh, But before we get to that one, let's talk about Dark Tower really fast, because... To put it simply, I, I have a lot of friends who are in love with this book series. Uh, I guess to fully understand the entire story, you pretty much need to read like 26 different Stephen King books. It's not just the main seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got friends who've done that and uh, and who just love everything about it. But uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a uh, fantasy, sci-fi kind of thing. Uh, the basic story is that in the middle of all the universe and all the realities is this dark tower. And it pretty much makes sure that the whole world doesn't go to hell and nothing falls apart. Uh, well, we've got uh, Matthew McConaughey playing Walter, uh, otherwise known as the Man in Black, and he's this magician sorcerer dude who basically is using kids to try to destroy the tower because it's said that a child's mind uh, has the power to destroy it. And he's searching for these kids with these uh, powers, The Shining, which if you've seen the movie The Shining, you kind of see how it all starts to tie together. Mm-hmm. And the one kid who might be able to do it is Jake Chambers, who's played by uh, Tom Taylor. So he's been having these weird dreams, and like his parents think that he's got mental problems because he keeps on seeing the tower and sees this dark man. And he also sees this guy just known as the Gunslinger, who's played by Idris Elba. And he is basically a, a warrior who uses guns, really, really cool ways, by the way, <laughs> to, yeah. uh, to fight wars and hopefully uh, get revenge on the man in black. And that's about really all I'm going to say, because even though there are some problems with this, like seeing the story develop and play out is kind of the fun parts. But uh, Andy, what did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's as simple as that. It's that basic good versus evil sort of, sort of story. And the, the gunslinger versus the man in black, it doesn't get any more uh, iconic or archetypal than that. So (laughs) uh, it's really, it just, just straight up there. Um, I mean, this this movie's pretty fun. I also am not that familiar with the source material. I have never read any of uh, the Dark Tower books. I, I have read a lot of Stephen King, but not those. Um, but what what I f- found interesting, you mentioned, you know, there's pieces of this all throughout, and the fact that uh, Randall Flagg and the Stand is supposed to be yep. a manifestation of of the Man in Black and and things like that. So I. I think that's really interesting and really cool that, you know, they're they're trying to put this all together, uh, which is interesting because it, despite all of that rich source material, the movie feels a little more flimsy other than just, you know, a straight up archetypal story. I, I was kind of hoping for a bit more there there. And I'm I'm sure that there are fans of the source material who can point out all of the things that they loved here. But as a civilian for this material, I didn't it didn't grab me the same way other things have. To to put it another way, when I went to go see Hellboy, I had never read a Mike Mignola Hellboy comic. I, I was aware of them, but I'd never actually read one. And that movie grabbed me and told me everything I needed to know. Mm-hmm. 
and I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I felt like there was a little bit of that magic missing here, but it's a good movie. There, Like you said, Adam, there are some really cool things that they do in here, especially uh, with, with the gunplay and, uh, you know, just for those, like, few seconds alone. Wow. It was it was worth it for me. I mean, there were like 20 seconds of this movie that I absolutely loved. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think that that justifies like the, the two hours that I invested in this. Yeah, see, and the thing, so we went and saw it with uh, some people who really, really love the franchise. This is a buddy of mine who's read all 26 books. And of the four people who love the series, three of them despised it. And one of them actually really liked it. So uh, I wow. think if – so based on that alone, if you are going in like Andy and I did where you're unfamiliar with this story, you'll probably enjoy it more because when something is as beloved as this, I can see how people want to see what they saw on the page rolled out perfectly on screen. And mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. I'm not going to say how – so I know how the whole series ends and I'm not going to say how it does, but uh, – by using that conceit, uh, they're able to take this and kind of tell their own story and do their own thing while still still being true to the series. It's kind of like the the show The Magicians on sci-fi, which I absolutely love. And what's so cool about it is I've read the books, I love the books, and the TV show has the same basic plot lines, but they add in new twists and kind of go in different directions. So mm. even being familiar with it, it's fun for me to experience that a second time in a new way. Uh, so... This, though, I think is because it's so iconic, people are going to have a problem with it. But, yeah, there's some really... The, the gunfighting scenes are amazing. And all the actors do a great job here. I mean, Matthew McConaughey is the man in black. He's perfectly menacing. And also, mm-hmm. you, can t- you can see he takes, like, a evil joy in what he does. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's perfect for that role. And, you know, we can just think, oh, Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. No, it's, he's, he's a good actor. No. It, um, it, in this case, I mean, it's it's totally different. He's... You know, rather than that sort of down-home Matthew McConaughey, we really get this, like, sort of preening, almost, like, uh, mincing uh, evil. And and he's so meticulous, and he's so awful, and he, like, he walks into a room and demands that everyone do exactly what he wants at, at all times. And they establish that so very well. I think his character work was great. I thought Idris Elba's performance was great. And, oh, and he's great in everything he does. He could just show up and read the phone book, and I'd watch it. Yeah, and and there and there are some flashbacks with him and his father, who's played by Dennis Haysbert, mm-hmm. and th- those are great too. And you know, it made me want to find out more about their backstory and these characters. And and they recite this uh, gunslinger's credo, and I'm like, that is cool. That is some cool stuff in there. I like that. I like that it it wove itself into the storyline and had a good payoff at the end. Uh, and and so well done. It just I don't know exactly what was missing here. It just didn't grip me as as uh, some other movies have. Yeah, and that's that's my thing too. I walked out of this really interested in learning more about these characters and what happens in the book. So I probably am going to go pick up the books and, you know, and see what they're about and all that kind of fun stuff. But 
as a movie that there were some weak moments, there weren't quite enough of those exciting, like, oh, I think the, the gunfight scenes that you're expecting yeah. in yeah. this. But, I mean, no, it, it's not bad by any means. The characters, the actors all do a great job. Um, so I, I'm I'm probably like, uh, I'm going to give it a seven, you know, because I've been going back and forth, and yeah, I did like a lot more than I didn't. There were some big plot holes that were like, like what? What is no? What's wrong with you people? <laughs> um, but the mythology's yeah. there, the acting's there, and it's it's beautifully shot. So, if you're a huge huge fan of the books, you're probably not going to like this. So maybe stay away. But if you're like us and went in as civilians, you'll you'll probably have fun with it. And for something that is very obviously part of a franchise and a bigger world, I was disappointed that there wasn't like a post credit scene. I was like, where, I was where's the setup too, yeah. for the sequel? Like, this well, they kind of, they kind of do that at the end. Yeah, they kind of do. They kind of do it at the end. I just, I don't know. I, I expected it to be a little more blatant, even. And I don't know. That's become such like a, a gimmick. I mean, we're twenty years from now. We're going to look back and be like, hey, remember in like the early two thousands when everything had a post credit scene? <laughs> oh, that was so funny. What a you know how how silly was that 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 everyone was doing that but um yeah i i'm at a similar place but i didn't like it quite as much i think this is a this is a mostly mediate mediocre movie with some very good moments and um rather than it being like oh a great movie with some weaknesses i think it's just like an okay movie with a couple moments of like sheer brilliance um, so I'm I'm giving this a six. I I think that's a bit closer to where it is. I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, it's getting a lot of hate online, probably from both Stephen King purists, for whom you know the movie's never going to be as good as as the book. And there have been people hating on this movie ever since they announced Idris Elba was going to be this character. Because people are so. stupid. But I actually, I am really, really excited because the the next step for this is the TV series, and I think this story could be better told like on your yes. HBO or your Showtime or Stars because you have more time to tell these stories and you can dive deeper in and actually get to know the characters better. Now, as far I, I don't know what they're doing as far as the the storylines and this and that because I doubt that you can get Idris Elba and uh, you know everyone else uh, Matthew McConaughey on a long run TV series, but you never know. So I. I'm excited for that, and uh, it's again, it's a decent movie. I almost gave it a six point five, but then I was like, yeah, I had fun with it. So I, I'm also very interested in this as a TV show, and again, because it feels like the sort of thing that is better made for that. And I, you know, I look back at the last several years of Game of Thrones, and it's like, oh, it's been fantastic. What if if they tried to make a movie? called A Song of Ice and Fire and tried to put everything in there into into one movie. You couldn't it do would, it. It would have been a disaster. So I don't know, you know, given that Netflix exists, that HBO exists, that Stars and Cinemax exist, I, that's the way to go with this. I'm, I'm glad also that they're going to do a Watchmen uh, series because that is also something. Oh, yeah. That, like... Even in a two and a half hour movie, you just can't get everything in there. So uh, I'm 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 glad for that as well. Oh, Mr. Meesey, look at me! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Meesey. <laughs> well, <laughs> K- 
can do. We'll make that Dark Tower show for me. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Meeseeks. Speaking of uh, things that are scary Dark. and disturbing, yeah, uh, this week uh, we also got Catherine Bigelow's Detroit, which uh, tells the story set against the backdrop of the 1967 Detroit riots. And there was an incident during that where uh, some cops uh, came in to the Algiers Motel and uh, lined up everybody against the wall and uh, said, you know, we know there's a shooter in the building. Where's the gun? Where's the gun? Where's the gun? And interrogated all of them. Uh, a bunch of people ended up dead. And uh, there was a trial. And, uh, of course, the officers were acquitted. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but this is America. <laughs> and this is America 50 years ago. And it's also America today. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> but um, the this movie is about all of the ins and outs of that. And features not only the sort of dramatic tension that we know Catherine Bigelow uh, gives us. If you've seen The Hurt Locker, if you've seen Zero Dark Thirty, it's like a... A, a knot of tension in the bottom of your stomach and it just won't let go. Uh, the middle 40 minutes of this movie are just... Uh, there there are no words to describe how how gripping and how tense all of this was uh, as as you see what everyone's going through. The, the best description I've heard of this movie is that it is a horror film... Mm-hmm. Where the monster is racism. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, that's unfortunately I didn't get to see it because uh, they screened yeah. it at the same time as Dark Tower. But that's, I mean, the the trailer alone, it was it was disturbing. I mean, there's very few things that can make me feel uncomfortable, and that was one of them. So it's yeah, yeah. So so you let's let's talk about our cast of characters here a little bit. Uh, you have John Boyega who plays a security guard. Uh, who is kind of uh, he's he's on the inside and the outside here. He's not one of the people who the police have lined up against the wall, but he's like he's there to try and like protect the peace and uh, de-escalate this situation because he sees how bad it's going down. But he's also trying to like keep law and order, and uh, so the the police are treating him. Like, oh, you're one of the good ones. We're we're okay with you because you're on our side. You're one of the good ones. Yeah, I know. Uh, and uh, you know, other other people are calling him like an Uncle Tom. And you know, there's there's part of that tension right there. Uh, and then you've got a, a brilliant performance by Anthony Mackie, who plays a uh, a, a vet, a Vietnam vet, who's just in the hotel. He's got nothing to do with any of this, uh, but the police are like, you know, where's the gun? Um, half of the dialogue of this movie, I swear, is stop resisting. I'm not resisting. Let go of me. <laughs> it's it's just uh, terrible and tense. And, you know, the police are putting them through all of this brutality to try and... Uh, you know whether whether they're actually of good intention and, and mm -hmm. trying to keep the peace, or whether they're just out there to you know bust some heads, is up for debate. And one of the most interesting things I think about this is you have um, the three main police officers here. Uh, 
there's a there's a discussion to be had in this movie about about race and racism and racism within uh, police forces. There's only one of the cops who's overtly racist. And then the other two, it's kind of like the three little pigs. And it's like, you know, one one is very racist. One is not really racist as far as we know, but he's kind of going along with the system. And then mm-hmm. there's one who's not really not racist at all and not comfortable with all of this, but is going along and ends up perpetuating some of the some of the worst parts of this because he's, you know, just trying to go along with with the system and what they're doing. And it's it's rough. It is hard to watch. Uh, it is intense, and um, you're not gonna come away from this movie feeling very happy. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this movie, and I, I have a problem with it. And then, mm-hmm. I think the problem is also kind of its best part. I went through. You know that that cast of characters and and who these people are. We don't get introduced to most of them until at least twenty minutes into the movie. Anthony Mackie doesn't show up until like halfway through. We oh don't really? See, yeah. No. Oh we, wow. Yeah, we don't see Anthony Mackie like until the cops bust in and line everyone up against the wall. We don't meet Anthony Mackie huh. at all, and he's like. <laughs> Him and John Boyega are like the biggest name actors in this. Yeah, like that was that's why I was like, because you know he previews heavily in the trailer. So, mm-hmm. and and so you'd think, right? The movie starts off with a midnight police raid on an after-hours club in Detroit, uh, where they where they don't have a liquor license, and so they go in and arrest all the black people. And uh, one, uh, only one of the officers is black, and it's the guy who plays Lucius Fox on Gotham. And oh, cool. then we completely drop his character after that. We never see him again. And then, uh, uh, and then Representative John Conyers shows up as people are rioting, and he's like standing on top of a car in Detroit and telling people like. Quit doing this. The the way to get what we want is through peace and peaceful protest. We can't do this. And then we don't see John Conyers through the rest of the movie either. Hmm. And so we and the, only then do we get introduced to John Boyega and the other main characters. Um, and I, you get this kind of whiplash because you're like, wait a minute, I what what happened to those other characters? What? What happened? Where where did they go? And the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's a very interesting artistic choice because Catherine Bigelow knows what she's doing. Yeah. But what she chose to do is to set this up so that we feel uncomfortable. And we feel very much like we are in the mob. Uh, and we, this movie definitely takes the perspective. It never judges rioters. It never shames them. It makes you kind of feel like, huh, you know what? If I was in that situation, I might do the same thing. Yeah. And I don't think she could have done that if she had told the story and started off by 
you know, introducing us to John Boyega early on and, and doing all of that. And so it's a really interesting artistic choice. And I, I can't decide whether I love that or whether I hate it, but it's, it's kind of a flaw in the movie, but I think it, it kind of works Mm-hmm. Because it immediately puts us on the side of of the rioters and of being okay with this and and feeling under siege. So gotcha. I, I think that's I think that's really interesting. So um, I like this movie. I do, I think it's a more important movie than it is a great movie. <laughs> right. If if that makes any sense. Uh, I would like to compare this to Dunkirk. And so I'm going to give it the same score that I've gave that I gave Dunkirk, and which is not to say that it doesn't deserve something else. But this is this is an eight out of ten. This is a very good movie. It is worth seeing. Cool. Um, I want to have a conversation about Dunkirk because uh, again the the idea that you know I, I brought this up. You know Christopher Nolan chose to make a movie about white heroism and the battle of britain with an exclusively white male cast and or main cast and catherine bigelow who is white chooses to tell uh, a lesser known story of uh, police brutality uh, from yesteryear in detroit with a primarily black cast uh, that is also based on uh, historic events Mm -hmm. I think you can't dismiss uh, you can't dismiss that claim against Dunkirk without talking about Detroit because it's uh, if we want to talk about systemic racism, you know, one of the things that reinforces white um, white supremacy is this idea that white is standard, white is normal, mm-hmm. white is. You know, we just expect to see white wherever we go. We we watch Friends. We watch, you know, uh, we turn on TV. White is normal, and anything else is some sort of an aberration or uh, oh, it's it's for diversity or it's social justice warrior or whatever. So I I think it's really interesting that again, Catherine Bigelow would make so many of the opposite choices mm-hmm. that that Christopher Nolan made. In, in this storytelling and um, but they are both excellent films that are that are worth seeing um, unfortunately though I think this is one of those movies that all the people who really need to see it and internalize well, it and understand it, it yeah. never will so <laughs> there's some aspect of preaching to the choir but um, this is a movie about yeah 50 years ago but it's also a movie about today and unfortunately a movie about tomorrow and until i think we we grapple with uh some of these problems and you see i i won't go into it because because spoilers and there are even though this is based on um you know historical events i i don't want to spoil some of the lesser parts of this but you see how through this entire thing the deck is stacked and it it makes that very clear and and i think that if you understand that and can see that then you can look around for all of the other invisible ways that we're still doing a lot of these same things and how we're perpetuating a lot of the same problems 
Cool. Well, there you go. Uh, the movie of the week is Detroit. Uh, definitely something that sounds like everyone should see and one I, I, I have on my list to get out and hopefully see in the next couple days. Uh, and <laughs> get then out. With, yeah. <laughs> see get out's the better movie. But, it, but <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's been a more brilliant movie this year than Get Out. But. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I just got my Get Out Mondo poster. It just came in the mail today. I ordered it like four oh months ago. Yeah, I was like, it was, it was like the, it's the one. Have you seen that one? It's the one where he's like, it's like he's falling into the pit. Yeah, yeah, oh, amazing. I was, I was, I was on like. So for those who don't know, Mondo is an art company out of uh, Austin, and they do they partner with artists to do these really limited edition, amazing posters. Here's the thing with Mondo is they they come out at uh, it's 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Uh, Mountain or uh, Central Time, and pretty much they sell out in 30 seconds or less. Like. I, I literally you sit there and you just hit refresh, 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 and when it pops, yep. you add it to your cart, type your credit card number in, and then cross your fingers and hit submit, and you just pray to God <laughs> that it goes through. Yeah. They are some of the most amazing posters you can find, and not that I'm someone who is a reseller, but I've got a, a Civil War poster that is going for like 800 bucks right now because um, they're really cool. But yeah, that yeah. I, that one's really cool. I really yeah. wanted to get that one. Ugh. Oh well. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So uh, Detroit, and then if if you want to see Dark Tower, I'd recommend not being a fan of the books because <laughs> <laughs> everyone who is doesn't like it. <laughs> but we, we we thought it was decent enough and just you know a little bit better than average. So nothing yeah nothing too spectacular. But we definitely want to see where the uh, the TV show goes. Uh, and then next week we've got it's sequels, all sequels next week. Uh, we've got the Nut Job two because no one demanded it. Uh, and then we actually have Annabelle 2, which I'm excited to see because I hated the first one, but the early buzz in this has been very positive. Uh, it was like at 100% in Rotten Tomatoes, which is really rare for a horror movie, so that should be kind of interesting to check out. Uh, but yeah, until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key. 